Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And scene. The actor walks on the stage, stage right. And your opening line, sir. Exit stage left. Oh, there was no line. Um, <laughs> that was it. That's that's your. Well, OK, that's the, well, that's, that's my contribution. Welcome to the program. The 12th Man Rising podcast, also known as Nikki X Happy Hour or something and pause for dead air and all kinds of Nathan Langisms. Langs? That was Lane. Laneisms. I haven't had that much to drink yet, so it shouldn't be. Stephen Lane. So, no, Stephen Lane, yes. Stephen, Stephen Lane. Lane and Nathan Lane. Hi, half brothers. Yeah. Nathan, Stephen, Stephen Lane. Nathan, Nathan. They can remake Step Brothers with Stephen Lang and Nathan Lane. That would be interesting cast. Don't want to remake Perfection. Don't want to do that. Um, I've actually never seen it. Never seen Step Brothers. It's. Uh, it's Typically, the the Will Ferrell starring comedies kind of like mm, I only need like uh, twenty minutes of Will Ferrell stretched out. Anchorman's over good, but uh, yeah, Anchorman is excellent. But Anchorman's an ensemble piece. Yeah, but he's and, still and it the depends so much. Main. He's the lead, but it doesn't depend so much just on Will Ferrell. Anchorman is great. Yeah, Step Brothers is very very good. Uh, USC Marching Band is good. Um, he was in that. So uh, talk about Step Brothers. I, don't, I don't bring one... up Tusk. Don't bring up Tusk. I know it's your favorite <laughs> band, but don't bring up that album, please. Um, oh, sorry, I up <laughs> a little bit in my mouth. So speaking of Step Brothers, uh, I, I think that Quandre Diggs and Bobby Wagner must be because. Oh, they're not Step Brothers. They're both separated at birth. <laughs> so Quandre Diggs yesterday, or whenever day you're listening to this, several days ago, or several years ago, if you happen to stumble on this later in years, I don't know why, or why you even started listening to it, but Quandre Diggs, safety of the Seahawks, broke the news that Bobby Wagner will be returning to the Seattle Seahawks for a, on a one-year, he didn't actually give out the numbers, I don't think, but he did no. break the news that Wagner will be returning one year, $7 million. Think yeah, well, Nobody's released what the cap number is yet. So a maximum of $7 million. Cap right. number could be three. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll get into Bobby in just a second. But it's it's funny because it's like I'll see people text back or, or tweet out like, how do they afford this? Well, again, as we say, the salary cap is malleable. Right. You can do what you want to with it. Plus, right. you're assuming how much they're going to be paying in draft picks, right? And Seattle probably will trade back, which means their slotted amounts for their draft picks will probably change. Right. But anyway, just just FYI, if John Schneider wouldn't, oh, oh, we paid him $7 million. We can't afford that. They have a plan or they wouldn't have offered him a $7 million contract. Yeah, exactly. So don't worry about it. It's okay. So let's 
let's talk about Wagner a little bit and what he what he brings back to the team. Obviously, he the this Seattle John Schneider and Pete Carroll. Um, besides, hey, we need to improve the defensive line. They must have said one thing: we need to get guys who can tackle because everybody yes. they have added back can tackle. Exactly. Right? Everyone they've added back, all the new people. I mean, or added to, yes. I right, right. I mean, basically everyone that they brought in, uh, you see, you see that is like that's one of the things. You know, they're oh, there might be questionable coverage, blah blah blah, but they can tackle. Uh, every literally every single person you see that, and that's uh, that's pretty impressive, because if you can get to the player with the ball. And you don't make the tackle, it doesn't make any difference. And we saw that far too often, far too often last season. I mean, it wasn't. Mm, yeah, it was. I would say it probably it cost them two or three games. Oh heck yeah! I mean, not. I not mean, the Buccaneers game was atrocious. I, I would say not as egregious as I said in another show as the Dolphins tackling, because the Dolphins tackling was like this is how you don't tackle. I mean basically a training drill for how not to tackle is unbelievably bad. Hey, that, that this, reminds me real fast. Last night we were, we were talking about films pre-pro. I actually watched a documentary. I did not know that Ray Finkel actually was a kicker for the Dolphins. I don't Ray, remember that happening. Mm-hmm. Right after Gary Premian. Very weird. And, <laughs> the, and the Dan Marino went from where he was to the second half of the Super Bowl, which I guess happened to be playing in Miami at the time. And they also got the Dolphin there. It, that is amazing speed. I mean yeah. that that quite true. It just goes to show the uh, that that era of Dolphins football was fantastic. I mean they were doing things that were incomprehensible. Great, uh, great documentary called Ace Ventura. I think it's about a a pet detective. It is indeed, and Ray Finkel, amazingly underrated kicker. Um, yeah, he talked about the sal- talking about the salary cap for for Bobby. Uh, <sighs> I can't imagine anyone thinking how how can they afford Bobby Wagner when people are still talking about Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. It's like at, right. at some point that's going to happen, but they don't have anywhere near the salary gap to make that happen. And that's not the holdup. The holdup is the compensation the Packers want. But back to the team that matters because it ain't the Jets. Sorry, Ted. Um, I want to mention just for a moment before we talk about Bobby, because there's a lot to talk about with Bobby Wagner. How weird is it that Condry Diggs is the one who broke the news? Yeah. I mean, he's he's been and, a, and his, a cheerleader. In his yeah, in yeah. His tweet, he, he even said like uh, something, or maybe it wasn't the original tweet, but a tweet later, soon after that, saying to Adam Schefter and, and Ian Rappaport, like, "Give me my props here. I'm the one." And he did. He was the one. <laughs> he was the one. And he's been the primary cheerleader throughout. I mean, everybody on the Seahawks has been, KJ, been yeah. pushing for this. Oh. KJ has been out of his mind about it, pushing for it, which is awesome. Uh, you saw Richard Sherman's comment about it, I'm sure, right? It's like, all is right with the world. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like that Bobby Wagner is back, which which tells you a lot. And, and they re-signed Brendan Browner. A lot of people that probably overlooked. No, <laughs> don't look that up. I, I miss that, too. <laughs> but it's, it's, it goes back to we've talked about several times about how – the organization is perceived by former players. So even if they're a little salty, let's say, like Richard was initially, do you, how do you think he feels about the organization now 
I mean, we know how he feels about it because we've seen we've seen him talking and joking and and with Pete helping and helping, helping helping players. But that comment alone tells you everything you need to know about how most former players, well, Jaron Reed, you know, coming back is like I'm I'm home now. Bobby Wagner. Well, and the way back. Wagner left, you know, exactly. as, as you're alluding to, I mean, there's a lot of players who would have been like, screw you, I'm never going back there. I mean, you guys didn't even. I had right to find so. out a different way, but and he's right, right back right the next so. year. And he's right back. You know, and the, well, even the fact that when they came to Seattle, when the Rams came to Seattle and how Bobby was received and not by the fans, because you knew that was happening, but by the team. And then the fact that several teammates made a point and several staff members, including Pete, made a point to talk with him for quite a while after the game. And the fact that he was receptive to that, of course, they would reach out to him. But that told you everything that he was receptive to it. And obviously that uh, he had buried that hatchet pretty easily before they even started this. I mean, I was concerned about it. You were I'm sure all 12s were concerned about it because it'd be hard to overlook that. Like, oh, I'm one of the best, easily one of the best players in franchise history, maybe the best arguably the best player in franchise history and i found out i lost my job through the media are you kidding me how right. does that happen and, and none, of their explanations, <laughs> none of their explanations none of their explanations make any sense none of them and that's the thing that made it so strange is it was un-Seahawks like you know because we're right. talking about like all the stuff that's happened this offseason with bringing Jaron Reed back and Bobby right. Wagner back and that wouldn't happen if the organization wasn't run the, the way it was you know they're not going back to New England if you know what I mean so <laughs> yeah but it's yeah I mean it, it goes to show like Wagner is is aware of how he was treated uh, for the 10 years that he was there prior to leaving exactly. last year and can forgive. Right. He's a good enough person to forgive what happened last off season. And, and him returning is just, again, he's, he had six sacks last year with the Rams. They're actually changing a little bit more to that kind of system. Right. I don't, I don't expect him to have six sacks. If he ends mm -hmm. up with four sacks, that would be great. That means something is going right elsewhere on the defense. Right. Yeah. But just having him and, and Bush, uh, and yeah. I, Wagner's going to help Bush a ton. Oh obviously God, yes. as well but i think they've added you know wagner isn't as fast but he's still faster than a lot of other players out there and, and bush is is fast they definitely went with good tackling and speed and, and you kind of yeah. hit on something that does concern me a little bit that we might be talking about during the season is that bush is not good in coverage and right. love isn't great in coverage right so i think they're relying a lot on the fact and draymond Jones is fantastic in coverage if Ken Norton Jr. is there. But, um, <laughs> yes, he is. But, um, I, I, you know, it does concern me. I think they're putting a lot of faith in the fact that they are going to be better with the pass rush, especially interior pass rush on the defensive line. Right. That the secondary will be – secondary wasn't bad last year, first of all. No. But, but that they – will ha have a little bit more one-on-one -on -one in the secondary, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if they don't get home, if they're, they're basing a lot on that, because they can stop the run, but that doesn't mean, okay, now this year we can stop the run, but now we're bad against the pass again. Um, you know, that that is a concern that hopefully won't play out. This also makes me think that when it gets to the 2023 draft, even though we're talking about Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, and we'll get more into Carter in just a second, and, you know, Tyree Wilson, 
that you know I've seen one mock draft that had them going with Christian Gonzalez at number five from Oregon. They could choose they a could. cornerback. Yeah, and I, I don't think they'll go at number five, but I'm I wouldn't be I I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. I would. I have a strong feeling they might hit it on the on the twentieth pick for a cornerback. Uh, I've seen a lot of a lot of mocks are showing Joey Porter going to the Hawks at number twenty. His father? Yeah, his father, which would be pretty. Ken neat. Norton Jr. is not in charge of the defense anymore, sir. <laughs> but what would be? Uh, it, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Obviously, it's hard to tell what the Hawks are going to do because they have such a long history of trading down, trading down, trading down. And then last year is like, yeah, let's just uh, stick here for almost the entire draft. And, and it, of course, it, it depends on what's available, depends on what other teams want. I mean, there's so much value in that number five pick. Obviously, it is in every year, but especially this season when there's so many teams that want quarterbacks and there's so many good quarterbacks. Uh, the Seahawks might be able to get quite a lot for that number five pick. Yeah. And, and just oh, speaking of cornerbacks just, real fast, sorry to interrupt you, but I saw one mock where Hendon Hooker was going to them at number 20. I think that I, I like Hooker, but I think that would be a huge mistake at number 20. Yeah, I do too. Uh, they can get Hooker maybe even in the third round because of the doubts about a system quarterback. I don't think he's a system quarterback and the injury concern. I don't think that's anything to really be concerned about, but in the second round, uh, I like that a lot, but at 20 and no, because and it's not so much about hooker, but it's about the fact that you got a quarterback and you know? you're right. You have other needs. Yeah. And other needs, which are much more pressing. That's the problem. You're not, I mean, you don't have Zach Wilson starting for you. If you do, it's like, okay, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take Hooker at 20 because, my God, I got to do something. Heck, Drew Locke might be as good as Zach Wilson. I think, I think Jack, Drew Locke is probably a lot better than Zach. Well, let's put it this way Is he a better teammate? <laughs> okay, so that alone. See, I think I think Wilson gets a bad rap for that. You say 20, 30 things negative about your teammates and you think somebody thinks you're a bad teammate. <laughs> and you can't perform at all on the field. <laughs> oh, on the on the field. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. I was like, I don't I don't know. It's a, well, yeah, at the uh, <clears throat> for some reason, I almost said Christian Dior. I have no idea why that has <laughs> nothing to do with anything because that's that's what his uh, preferred dates were. Christian um, anyway, uh, back to Bobby. Yeah, so totally agree in everything what you said is like is at pro football focus and not always right. Obviously, no one is always right. I mean, there are people making these evaluations, but it is worth noting that he is the top rated middle linebacker in the game last season. They're not going off his career. They're not going off five years ago. Last season, he was still their top rated middle linebacker. Uh, yeah, he is definitely still one of the best players in the game and the leadership on field, in the locker yeah. room, communication I mean, on field. Especially. Oh my God, especially. And no offense to Jordan Brooks. I mean, Brooks might be, and I got, I wrote something about Brooks and people are like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And my point about Brooks wasn't that like, I wrote something about like experiments that might be cut short in 2023. Right. And one of them was Jordan Brooks. Right. And my uh, my point isn't that Brooks is a bad player. He's not. He's he's until the injury happened. He was a fast player. He could tackle pretty well, but he didn't really do a whole lot. He was like 
Bobby Wagner in his last year with Seattle, he didn't really do anything, but he's also 10 years younger than Wagner, basically, right? Eight or nine years younger. He should really be a lot more explosive, and maybe Seattle didn't use him as well. However, he is coming up on his fifth-year option, which is going to pay him $12 million a year. Is he worth $12 million a year? That's the question. It's not his play. It was nothing personal against against Jordan Brooks. But, you know, Wagner and Bush were signed for a reason. Brooks probably isn't going to be ready anywhere near the beginning of the of the season. Right. Yeah, and and, yeah, and I, I was one of the five people who read your article. And Thank you. I appreciate it. Interesting takes on all, on all four of those. And I totally agree on, on Brooks. Uh, well, actually agree on all of them. But stole the idea from Cat Crave like I stole all my ideas. <laughs> but, but, but Brooks is... Yeah, exactly right. It's not that his there's not not questioning his play, his ability to play, or certainly not his desire attitude. But he was supposed to replace Bobby Wagner. I mean, and he needs to do a lot more than just tackle, which is what he does. Right. Exactly. Uh, obviously, yeah, you have to tackle, but you got to be there in coverage, and you definitely got to communicate. And that was an issue with Fox defense as well. Uh, so another reason that it's going to be. So good to have Bobby Wagner back. I mean, how different is that defense just by adding Bobby Wagner, just without bringing in Draymond Jones and without bringing Jaron Reed and all the rest of it? I mean, that's a very different defense with Bobby Wagner in place. Even the way Wagner played in his last year with Seattle, when according to his standards, he wasn't as amazing. He was merely incredibly good. Right. And still like second team all pro, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. By his standards, he had an off year. By anyone else's standards, um right, he just said it. Second team all pro. Like, don't you want that guy in your team? Yes, you do. And it had nothing to do and it, I hopefully I hope to God anyone who listened to this understands that when the Hawks released Wagner it had nothing to do with his play, it was the fact they were gonna save over sixteen million on the cap and right. they needed that money. Had nothing to do with it. And look what he's being paid now. It's a $7 million contract one year. Well, unreleasing Wagner last year actually helps them re-sign him this year. Yeah, absolutely. Which is kind of crazy, but it did. And also tells me a lot about Wagner that he signed a $7 million contract. And again, he works as his own agent. You know, he understands that, okay, this is – if it's not actually – nailed the, his value on the market it's at least pretty close to it i don't think he gave them a hometown discount at all yeah because I don't, I don't think he would have i mean especially that's no. that's the one thing that you know as far as as far as last year um as far as last year if if you were going to be upset with the team as far as the way he was like go right then what the part that would play in is like well do you let me go and didn't tell me basically the right way last year so if exactly. i come back i'm not gonna you know settle for whatever yeah exactly um, you're yeah. gonna pay me a premium to come back and I, they certainly didn't they certainly didn't pay him a premium it's like how many linebackers are out there that you would pay that you would be happy to have for seven million dollars and get that kind of performance right i mean the dude is gonna be drastically underpaid really but i mean that's what the market is for a player at his age. I get that. Right. I, I'm not crying for him, and I don't think he's crying about making seven million dollars to come to come back to his second home. And Ian, obviously, sorry to so many players that love him. 
Ian Rappaport had tweeted out, I guess I didn't see this late yesterday, just saying a text from former and now new Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner. Happy to be back, quote unquote. I was like, oh, really, Ian? You're acting like you're the one that broke? And no offense to these guys. I, I actually like Ian Rappaport. <laughs> yeah. But that almost implies like, oh, I found out this way. Well, Quandre Diggs knew before you did. Yeah. It's still, it's, it still cracks me up that, that Quandre Diggs uh, put it out there before the Seahawks did. Right. Or yeah. Bobby, for that matter. It's like, and then they tweeted out the, that. I think it's the photo of him, photo, yeah. photo of him signing. So it was like that happened. Like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't just like reported. It was like done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quandre Diggs is. <sighs> that's such a good pickup. That has been such a good pickup for the Seahawks. In, in, oh yeah oh heck yeah yeah i mean, I mean crazy yeah um yeah i mean I, even when they how long has he been four years now with seattle yeah. it's almost when they added him um you know we were thinking at 12th man rising because we were both still there um that was like oh yeah that's a good sign. nobody knew how good it no. was gonna be i mean right. for lots and lots of reasons not just yeah, exactly. like on the field but being exactly. a leader in the locker room exactly this dude is absolutely such an amazing leader. I mean, how beloved is this guy? You know, when he had his injury and like, oh, oh Tyler Lockett flies with him. <laughs> it's like, uh, OK, it's like, did, did these players like this guy? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Earl <laughs> like, Thomas ran out on the field and joined him on the cart being carted <laughs> off. It's, just it's crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. So I want to I want to talk about Jalen Carter for a second. I, yeah. I just put this out there to everybody. I'm starting to laugh because based on what I'm going to say, I guess just don't say anything bad about Jalen Carter. Um, so I well, it's been like three or four or five podcasts ago. Yeah. You and I had a, a just a slight disagreement and we don't really ever vehemently disagree on things, yeah. but we disagreed on on and this was before the pro day came out but we still were talking about like what the uh, legal issues were so uh with him being part of that and the other car when it was like racing and the other car crashed and two people died and i still said that i would i would draft carter and you were against drafting carter which you know of course you have uh, right to your opinion obviously but after the pro day happened which was yeah, well, but after the pro day happened, which was a bigger concern of mine as a fan, but also yeah. as anybody who knows anything about NFL teams, a lot bigger concern for those NFL teams than his car racing issue. If you show up to out of shape for your job interview, right, that's going to hurt you. So I've written a couple articles like, hey, this is why the Seahawks should not draft uh, Jalen Carter. Right. And um and my reason is, yeah, there was this legal issue, but more concern is the pro day. He's nine pounds heavier within a month, right? Yeah, and he could finish his scary. drills. What's that, he going to be? Forty pounds heavier by the time camp rolls yeah. around? Yeah, and he's a he's a he's a great he potentially is a great player, but against yes. Oregon early last year, he did crap. So that was against a good team. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player. I also personally don't know the guy. I'm only writing articles as a Seahawks fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, about football and about him, my concerns are goes back to Malik McDowell. I'm not saying he is Malik McDowell, but it concerns me that he is already in this issue. Also got pulled over for speeding. There's some issues going on there, and then he shows up out of shape. Those are huge red flags for an NFL team. Yeah. So, so I I was posting something on Facebook, uh, which had nothing to do with football. It was just a photos like a memory when I was in Seattle and 
five years ago. And yeah. this this random guy who's not we're not friends on Facebook posted like, oh, you know, you're talking shit, quote unquote. That's what he said. Shit about Jalen Carter. I hope he finds out. I hope he gets drafted. And he finds out you're right and all this. I was like, what? what? What's happening here? <laughs> what? Yeah. And I was like, and I like, was like, like Jalen Carter would care that someone. <laughs> right. Right. And, and I was like, I, you know, so I deleted that. And then the guy messages me on Facebook. Um, and I'm just Carter's like, agent. it was Jalen oh, Carter's I, agent, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I, and I'm not going to say this guy's name on the podcast. He, he is ultra conservative. So maybe he doesn't like other things. I just texted you the photo I took and then I, I blocked it and reported this person on Facebook. Cause I'm like, and, and it says, uh, you know, I hope they do draft Jalen Carter and he finds out how much S you have been talking about him. Are you trying to destroy his, him carrier? He said, that makes sense. Right. I think he said character. And, and I'm like, dude, okay. First of all, I think he means his character, but uh, his character. Just, I think that's what he guessing. means. I'm just guessing. Yeah, but it's like I I don't know Jalen Carter. Again, I'm saying this as a Seahawks fan, just the same way you said it when we were talking about it on the podcast, which is right and rightfully so. I wouldn't draft Carter because of blah. The and the thing is too, if if you have there are at least three quarterbacks that are going to go before Seattle has the pick at number five, we assume. Right. Which means you're going to have a pick of Tyree Wilson. You're going to have a pick of Jalen Carter. Probably going to have a pick of maybe Will Anderson. Maybe if yeah. I, any of those guys are available, you go with Anderson over Carter. Absolutely. But yeah, it's just crazy. It's like okay, if somebody if we are we work at a website where it's about opinion. All that yeah. opinion yeah. is based on fact. It's not. I'm like, oh, Jalen Carter told me blah. He's a blah, he's a bad dude. I don't know him personally. Exactly. I'm not saying he's a bad dude. What I'm saying is, it's a risk. I also tweeted it out, and somebody responded by saying, oh, it's it's a it's absurd to say taking Carter at five is a reach. And I had to tweet back. I didn't say he was a reach. I said he was a risk. <laughs> Just read. <laughs> um, Basic English is beyond so many people. Yeah. It's sad. And I said, he is he is a risk, just like every other draftee, because you don't know how they're going to do in the NFL. I said, but him showing up out of shape to his pro day, which is the biggest part of his job interview that he will have, since he didn't do anything at the combine, exactly. that's concerning. It's a exactly. red flag. Makes so, him a bigger risk. The fact that he could not complete the drills. He couldn't complete the exactly. drills at pro day because he's at so his out own of shape. pro day. He was gassed. He couldn't complete right. drills. How is this guy going to play 50 snaps a game? Are you kidding me? Which he, you know, he didn't do at Georgia too. That's another thing. I'm not, again, right. I'm not saying he's a, I'm, I'm not saying he's a bad guy I'm talking about him being drafted by the Seahawks and, and he, at Georgia, it's a loaded defense. He doesn't yes. have to play all the time. He didn't play half the snaps in Georgia, which makes you wonder like, okay, he didn't have to because of the talent changes when you get to the nfl you're gonna have to play a lot more are you yeah. able to do that all based on your pro day no so why do you when there's other players available worth taking why would you take carter yeah that's that's my whole point it has nothing to do with his character here's the thing where where would you if you're the seahawks where would you draft carter would you I, take him I, with I mean, 20 i would take him with 20 yeah he'll be gone there. before 20 but i would take him at 20 i just wouldn't yes. take him at five 
Yeah, and, and and that's your point. And I don't see how anyone could argue that. I'm saying I wouldn't take him at all. I mean, literally, I would not take him with the seventh pick because I see there's so many character issues. And I'm sorry, but you have to have something inside yourself to be able to deliver on the field. I don't think he has it. I think he has very questionable judgment. He got stopped for speeding to September and got away with it, did it again later, wound up uh, being tangentially at best involved in the death of two people, ran from the scene, didn't report it for at least an hour, if he even reported it then. Well, according to his Those attorney, are, that wasn't. Have you seen all that? His attorney said, no, he stayed on the scene until the police showed up. And I was thinking, oh, gosh. Well, that's, well, that's funny. That's interesting how that changed. Well, it, it, it's interesting how it changed and that we just took that base on the attorney. We have – I'll get political for a second. Anybody who yeah. listens to our podcast for a thousand years know where yeah. we stand politically. It's yeah. almost like when you have this lying ex-president who says, I'm going to get arrested, and everybody believes he's going to get arrested. They just take it face value, even though right. we know based on his years and years of whatever – it, we maybe we should check, you know, verify, you know, trust but verify kind of thing. Right. Well, he said, "I'm going to get arrested." He didn't. He just made a. He was what he right. was hoping for. Probably was there would be a whole lot of protests that he would generate all this thing, and, right. and that didn't happen. It, it would happen. have maybe if he'd gotten arrested. But everybody was put on guard. Oh, he's going to get arrested. Well, he didn't. And so right. we're, we trust that, but we also trust. And again, I don't know the facts. None of us really know the facts unless you were in the trial or the hearing, I should say. But just because uh, Jalen Carter's attorney says, oh, yeah, he's not, we don't know that's the case. We well, just know here's the thing. what he's, his representative is saying. Jalen Carter's attorney doesn't know the facts. He's Exactly. He's, he's he wasn't there. Jalen Carter told him. He wasn't there. And let's move on from that. Go to what's more important in most fans' minds, certainly more important in almost any football organization's mind, pro day. Nine pounds overweight, can't complete the drills. In a month. For, for his own audition that he has staged to show off his talents, and this is what he's showing you. He's showing you he's not disciplined. He's showing you he's incapable of performing his job to completion. How is that a draft pick at all, let alone the fifth draft pick? You're he's, saying he's showing he's so, so unself-aware un that it, you right. show up and he's nine pounds. Like you, and we talked about this on the podcast. He needed to be more self-aware of what right. was going on at that racing. I'm a I'm I'm Jalen Carter. People are going to want to draft me. I could be the number one pick. I should probably watch what I do. And I know that's a lot to ask for a, a college kid playing college football, right? Well, right. it's changed in the pro day because now you are a pro. Yeah. That's your job interview. Yeah. So if you're, as you just said, you know, if you're not motivated, if you're not self-aware to be motivated. Enough yeah. for your own pro day, as you said, which is true. Then that is a humongous red flag. And and I'll go back. Would I take him at twenty if he's available? Yes. But would I not just his rookie year, but four years into his career with the Seahawks, every day be thinking, I hope this guy doesn't f up. I hope he doesn't f up. Yes, much more so than I would Hendon Hooker, for instance, if I took yeah. him at twenty. Which is why I would not ever take this guy. And I'm not arguing. Oh, you're wrong. I'm just saying. No, no, no. I know you're not. You know, it's like I totally get it. I was like virtually every team, they'd be thrilled to have him fall to 20. I get that. Personally, I wouldn't take it because I – as much as I can know something that I – Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Really cannot know. I know he's going to screw up. He is definitely going to screw up because he already has. What's he going to do when he already has his contract as a rookie? It's like he doesn't have the money now and he's slacking. And he doesn't and have Coach Kirby Smart case. there to watch every move or somebody on the yeah. – when you're a pro, you've got a lot more freedom and a whole hell of a lot more money to do anything you, you know, want to do. And, and you use the phrase, I understand he's just a college kid, et cetera, and everyone says that, right? It's like – and totally people get more mature, hopefully. Some people, most people, they get a better sense of character, a better sense of judgment. It's like – it's not like he's five, but that's what he's acting like. And that is why I do not – we've talked – we've been talking a lot about the character of the players that the Seahawks have and how great they are off the field. Does that guy fit this organization? Exactly. Not at all. Great not point. at all. And there's no way in hell I would want that guy in the team. I wouldn't. And, I'm and sure then the Seahawks have made it, made it known that they are trying to not do that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. So, so why would they do it with Jalen Carter? Because it's like, okay, we learned our lesson after McDowell and some other issues we've had going on here. So, you know, we're going to be more risk averse to that kind of thing. So especially when there are other players who can do similar things who don't. Yeah, have I mean, Tyree Wilson's available. This guy's 6'5 and 270 with all kinds of athletic ability. And, and plus they just signed Draymond Jones, who's not on a one year deal. And they could re-sign Jaron Reed. And who knows what else? I mean, they did release Al Woods. Maybe they bring him back. I don't know if they can afford right. him at this point. But there's other defensive tackles. Jalen Carter may be physically gifted, but there's other players that Draymond Jones fills a need that right. Jalen Carter would have would have played. Yeah. They and, and that's the thing. It's like two two of their biggest free agent signings, defensive tackles. So yeah. what does that tell you about their thoughts regarding Carter? Hmm, seems more like they might be leaning more towards someone on the edge. And they still might get a tackle, of course. Absolutely. But don't you think they would have gone after a defensive edge, a defensive end, or an edge rusher more so rather than two tackles if they were all in on Carter? Like, that kind of tells me that they're not really looking at that guy. Yeah, all the, all the moves they've they made. Should. Yeah, all the moves they've made, just like you hit on, tell me that they're going to do one of three things uh, with a high pick, maybe number five, and right. probably defensively, is that they're either going to uh, take Wilson or Anderson if he's available. They're going to draft a linebacker, like in the first round, right. and maybe at number 20, because they've got signed Wagner and Bush to one-year deals. It's right. probably expecting Brooks to be maybe be back if they pick up his fifth-year option. They may not have any linebackers, so draft a yeah. linebacker and then maybe take a cornerback at number five because everything else they've done is like okay we've we're done with this we've, we've figured this out we've got yeah. this we Absolutely. do need a linebacker for the future we need an edge rusher right now to help uchenna and taylor if he gets consistent and we need maybe another cornerback that unless they do something insane and just i don't know oh well draft. i guess we will take Bryce jalen Young. carter they'll draft jalen carter twice um that's right yeah, it's like absolutely they need another linebacker because Devin Bush isn't definitely the answer. We don't even know if he'll if he's even going to be on the roster. Honestly, it's it's, it's not that's not Bobby sure. Wagner, you know. So they definitely need another linebacker at least 
So no doubt about that. But and and again, to, for for someone to argue with you, back to the original point that it was like, oh man, why are you talking crap about Wagner? I mean Carter. You're not talking crap about Wagner, but talking. Uh, I don't think I've. You know, it's funny you say that. I don't think I've ever said a negative word about Bobby Wagner. Because why would any, I? I don't know if anybody ever has, like since birth, probably. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, it's like, quote, he finds out how much shit you have been talking about him. Okay, the shit you've been talking about him is that he's irresponsible. That's pretty Which much. Which I haven't even said that. I know, but clearly he is, right? It's like, tick, it's like he got away with speeding once, and then you do it again. And then then, then you uh, lied about it initially. There's no doubt right. about that, because he did. You get caught twice. You've done it a hell of a whole lot more than twice. You know? Right, for sure. And especially nine pounds overweight. At pro day, and you can't even finish finish the drills. Uh, mm, yeah, I don't think that's talking quote shit. I think yeah. that's stating facts. I've never said the guy was a bad guy. I exactly. don't know him. I'll say he's a bad guy. I'm more what? than happy to say he's a bad guy. And and like, he might be. I just I'm don't. Sorry, know. If you I mean, don't I don't have know brains to not go racing when you've already been got away with speeding once, and you don't have the intelligence to do that, and well, then I don't that's care what I mean by self aware. Right. That, yeah. I, I don't mean that he's a bad guy. He's just not. He needs to grow up. Oh, he needs to do a lot more than grow up. This this guy is. I personally, I think this guy is a train wreck waiting to happen. I agree. Like, whoever drafts him, they're going to be so freaking sorry because he's going to be a washout. He could be great, but like I said, it, it, if I took if I was a Seahawks and I took him at number five or wherever I took him, if they trade back and they take him at eight or whatever. I, I wouldn't be just my rookie year. That'd be like, okay, okay, we got past the rookie year. He's fine. No, every day you got to worry about this guy. That's no. the thing. If he's there yeah. for four years. It's like this guy is just always capable of screwing up. Maybe he, maybe he grows up a lot when he gets to be in the NFL. Because he's maybe he's got Bobby Wagner in here being like, stop screwing up, or Quandre yeah. Diggs, stop screwing up. Yeah, or maybe Tyler Pocket, stop screwing up. Or, exactly. Or, oh, or, okay, yeah. or Geno Smith. Stop. I mean, so many guys on that team could tell him, hey, what are you doing? Or Alonzo Mourning. <laughs> Alonzo Mourning. I just, Alonzo it's Mourning my favorite favorite moment that I've ever <laughs> seen is Alonzo Mourning uh, like on the field where a team is like starting to struggle. Alonzo Mourning is a freshman at Georgetown in the NCAA tournament who's, you know, he's a fantastic player, but like yeah. the team was starting to fall apart, fouling. He gathers everybody together because you can see it all on TV. Yeah. And he, he gathers everybody at the, at the free throw line. And he just literally says, stop fouling. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> And they didn't, and they went on to win the game. But that's that's exactly – I know yeah. it's kind of half-joking, but that's exactly what you need and Jalen yeah. Carter needs on the field and uh, and in the locker room. You need yeah. a guy that stops screwing up. The only way he Done. has any kind of an NFL career is if he falls to the second round or worse, plays with a chip on his shoulder, and gets the right advice and realizes, okay, I need to live up to my potential instead of just sit back on my contract because I think that's what he's going to do, no matter where he winds up. Yeah, it's very, very sign, likely. He's going to sign that. Con- he's already doing it. He has no contract, yeah. and he's already acting like. Yeah, he's gonna based on all we've seen, you are 100 percent correct. That, that is pro, what that, we would expect. That pro day is a gigantic red. That's. I oh mean, gosh, yes. I've been carping about the off the field stuff, on the street stuff, uh, and I think legitimately, but that. Pro Day, 
if, if that's like that's the red flags of all red flags. That's like, so and I'm I guarantee saying, an NFL that's, team that's cares a whole hell of a lot more about oh that than one, that race car thing. Exactly what you that's said. That's bad. I'm not saying it's not, but as, as an right. as NFL team is an employer for you to play football. And when you do football things negatively, they care more about that. Yeah, like, okay. Well, hmm. What are we getting here? Yeah, you show up at the combine and all you do is interviews. <laughs> and, and then you show up for your own perfect environment and you bomb it's like yep. nice job jalen exactly it's like we're we're going to invest millions of dollars in you you are an investment but if you're a risk your risk sometimes outweighs the investment and it is a business yeah. dealing exactly i mean we we see these play, players on and and we're fans of them we tyler lockett we love tyler lockett why do we love tyler lockett because the guy is a good dude first of all yeah. I mean, he's a great football player, but he makes humanity better. Period. He does. He does. So that's that's why we like Tyler Lockett, right? I mean, there's but we and we don't want any ill will for human beings, but they do play football, and right. that's what we we watch. We spend hard earned money to so they get paid to watch them win football games for the Seattle Seahawks, and if if there's a risk involved in that. Where it's the off-field stuff is going to enter the football stuff, then don't, then don't, don't take that player. Maybe yeah. he ends up being a hall. Maybe he's the next Aaron Donald and ends up being joining hey, the Cardinals. I hope he turns it around. I hundred percent. I don't. I don't have like agree. ill will toward the guy, but so far exactly. he's been a complete jackass and a moron. And he needs to grow up and he needs to mature. And there's Thank no you sign for saying of that. that. And there's exactly. no sign. That's but yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Even if if he goes to the Cardinals, which would totally suck, and has a Hall of Fame career, more power to you, buddy. That's awesome. If I'm he's glad. a Hall of Famer for the Cardinals, and and at the same time he wins Man of the Year awards, oh, I, that, I'm happy for him. No, I have no, like you said, I have no ill will towards the guy. I yeah. do not know him. What kind of a great story would that be? That would be amazing. Yeah. I would much rather, I would much rather be writing that story than oh well. Exactly. This is what we saw coming. And for him to say, you know what? When I was coming out of college that one year, I screwed up. I did this, screwed up. I learned from that. Yeah. And that helps everybody, every Absolutely. humanity be, be better. Absolutely does. So I, anyway, I, the point is I, I'm not writing anything about his character other than based on what we've already seen. Pro right. day and race car driving. Yeah. That cost the lives of two people. Helped cause yeah. the lives of pe- two people, I should say. So right. we'll, we'll move on. We'll do a couple more things. Uh NCAA tournament. Uh, 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 UConn women lost. You probably saw that, right? Woo! The, the Eagle Empire has fallen. 14 straight years of being in the Final Four. I, I know they haven't won many championships lately, but I didn't know they'd been in the Final Four for 14 straight years. But they they lost, and they got it, – It's you can see they're starting to wane. Well, they've been yeah. waning. I mean, South Carolina is just seems the new UConn almost. But anyway, the the if you – Nobody's bracket is correct no. uh, in, in the men's side. And no. it, just the teams that are playing today, there's one two seed and the other ones are fives and sixes. And it's just like, this is this is a great tournament because yeah. Florida Atlantic, somebody, I was talking to somebody, I saw a little bit of Florida Atlantic this year and somebody was like, oh, you know, they're, they're number nine. Seed. They're a number nine seed because their name is Florida Atlantic. Yeah. If, if their name was Duke, they would have been a number one seed. They lost three games. I mean, they, they're a mm-hmm. good team. They could legitimately win the whole thing because they're that good. Yep. But it, it's fun. It's a fun tournament. 
Yeah, Magic Johnson tweeted something about to the effect that it's like, oh, this has been a great tournament from the men's and women's side because there's so many upsets and so many great mm-hmm. games. And there was some ridicule about it. It's like, oh, thanks for studying the obvious. It's like, yeah, but this is what everybody is saying. Like, why are you acting like, oh, thanks for the – Yeah, and it's not he obvious. Write, he didn't write – this is my brilliant with. analysis. He just said, right. like, this is a great tournament. It was like, calm down. What the hell? You can't say things anymore. You know, just kind of the Jalen <laughs> yeah, Carter thing. You can't say yeah. anything without people being like – Right. That, that's the the problem with social media. It, I mean, yeah. it gives us a lot of information, gives us a lot of information quickly, and it's fun a lot of times. But it also allows people to have voices who are yeah. just jerks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I personally, Sadly. I think it's I think it's cool that Magic Johnson is invested in the NCAA tournament. I think that's awesome. And he's actually going to play for Florida Atlantic in the Final Four. Did you see that? No. I'm oh, that one's over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, that center forty-one points. <laughs> I, I guess in a in a way, I'm not a Texas fan, but of the teams, I'd I'd love to see Florida Atlantic win because I think they deserve they they deserve the the awesome recognition of that. But uh, I would love to see. Our friend Big Mike's team end up winning it. Yeah, that would be phenomenal. Cool. That would be awesome. That would be great for Big Mike because Big Mike is a good dude. Big Mike would not show up nine pounds overweight to pro day. I'll put it that yeah. way. And, and he, and <laughs> Big Mike would show up win or lose for his team. That's that's oh. the thing. Always does. Always. Hundred percent. And it's not just football and men's basketball he'll tweet about women's volleyball i mean women's, i was just thinking women's volleyball we're thinking <laughs> we've we've seen the same things i'm sure yeah yeah i mean oh. he is friends with brett Favre, so maybe it has something to do with that so um that's a joke <laughs> um big mike's a better person than that so yeah. uh big mike would not associate with brett Favre. um yes are we at the rob gordon's do you want to uh, tell tell all our millions of listeners who have tuned out already what the Rob Gordons are for this week? This is just for you, Jalen Carter, because we know you're listening. The Rob <laughs> Gordons this week are our five favorite books of all time. Yes, and and no particular order. So I'll okay. go number number five. I want to say, can I? I'm going to mention a couple of yes. things real fast. I don't have any James Joyce books on I'm this because shot. it was hard to pick one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. Same thing. I almost put a, a Moomin book, a Moomin Summer Madness book on this, yeah, which yeah. is if you, people are like, oh, it's Moomin's finished children's stories. But they're really well written and adults can enjoy too. But I didn't have any yeah. of them because they're all good. So those two I don't have. So, But I'm, I guess I'll start with one that is a not a fiction because the other ones are. Well, oh, just one question first. One, one yeah. question first. How many of your favorite authors that we did last week? Are not represented. I mean, roughly. I'm not saying like an exact count, but are not do. Well, you skipped. You missed some of your favorite authors in this list, right? Um, four of my favorite authors from last week are uh, have four of the five books on this list. Oh, you're such a jerk. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the first one is Lee Vowell's book. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Active Pets, Volume One. Um. <laughs> um uh, let's see. Oh, so I'll start with the nonfiction on this, which is I I, I like biographies a ton, and I, I especially like tennis biographies a ton, um, because because it's well I love tennis. It's probably my favorite sport. But but besides that, you also get a little bit yeah you get a little bit more individual individualistic biography yes. because you know when you're Bobby Wagner's 
bio is going to be about Bobby Wagner, obviously, but it's going to be about the team that he was on. Where tennis players is like, this is basically what I went through. And a person who's really gone through a lot but still seems like a really good person is Andre Agassi. And his book, Open, is just literally what it is. It's not like just, I'm talking about tennis tournaments. There's that. But he's extremely open in his about his personal yeah. life, and it's really well done. So that would be number five for me. I, it is a very good book. I agree. Uh, I wound up just as the reason I asked that is because of my five favorite authors, I have one listed on my five favorite <laughs> That's books. Awesome. Uh, so you really don't like your five favorite authors? That was no, all. Just, I personally don't don't like them at all. They're they're like the Jalen Carters of writing to me. They didn't even uh, show up to their writing pro days. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They would just, and if they did, it would be a, it'd be a grocery list <clears throat> that their AI uh, chatbot generated for them. My number five. But again, Bill no Withers problem. is better than that. <laughs> My number five, and again, no particular order, is a novel, The Forever War. I really like by Joe Haldeman. I really like science fiction. <clears throat> it's probably my favorite science fiction story, and for those who don't know, it is a thinly veiled uh, criticism of the Vietnam War and the and just war in general. And it's a ter- I've, I think I've read it six, seven times now. Uh, just absolutely, extremely well written book. I'm still shocked that they never really turned it into a movie or streaming series or whatever. But it's it yeah. is. It is yet. Yeah, I mean, they've been talking about it for 20 years, but um, it, it's it, it's basically the thoughtful person's answer to uh, the jingoistic military science fiction that was written. That was very very popular back in the 50s and 60s. Uh, it, it's just a great book, The Forever War. You're number four. I don't yes. want to give any of yours away, but do you happen to have a certain baseball book that goes on forever? On this, I don't have that baseball book. I have a different baseball book. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, so but number four, it, it is number four for me would be High Fidelity um, <laughs> by by Nick Hornby. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. We Rob Gordon's he's not Rob Gordon in the book. His name is Rob, um, but it's just it's a lot of what Hornby does is also uh, a lot of well, almost well. Almost like all of the books I have on this, actually, to be honest. Um, I, I like that when writers are able to make like stuff a little bit autobiographical, but you know, make yeah. it into something else. I mean, every good writer does that, but Stephen King doesn't go around killing people, you know. That's but these these know. these books, that, well, uh, maybe that guy who hit him with the van. But um, but Hornby actually writes a lot about. He does columns and stuff about music, and that's kind of how High Fidelity came about. But it's a really an excellent book. It takes place, doesn't take place in the United States because Hornby's not American. It takes place in England, which actually makes it even better to me because it's more – more. Uh, the movie's great. Don't get me wrong. It's one of my favorite movies ever. But the book is better because it's – the setting is more realistic, I guess. It's more – you can feel it a little bit more even than the movie. New, new Rob Gordon's for another time. Five books better than movies, there, and five movies that were better than the books they're based on. Uh, my number, that's a good one. That's two good ones. Uh, my number four, and again, no particular order, but I actually have two nonfiction books on mine. Uh, this is, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Hey, I could have gone with nothing but anthologies. Uh, Wonderful Life: The British Shale and the Nature of History by Stephen Jay Gould, my favorite science writer, and 
most of the books by Stephen J. Gould are collections of essays. Elliot, Elliot Gould is what you mean. Elliot Gould, The Long Goodbye. Uh, one of his lesser-known films. <clears throat> he, he wrote for <clears throat> Natural History Magazine, did an essay, and he's an evolutionary biologist, and that's basically what he wrote about. <clears throat> Wonderful Life is about... Uh, mm, uh, well... A, a time period when life apparently exploded into a variety of forms, and it's how the vagaries of chance influenced how we wound up being people. <clears throat> which vagaries is of chance sounds like somebody writing a, a – it sounds like a good idea, a good name for a book about the NFL draft. No, it's uh, Jalen Carter's autobiography. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, wonderful life. Written by Kirby Smart. By <laughs> Stephen J. Gold. Excellent book. You're number three, sir. Number three, I'm going to switch switch mine up because you made me think of something. So I'm going to take one of these off and, and have number three as, because that's what we can do. The freedom yes, uh, yes of we the can. Show, uh, is, is actually a nonfiction book uh, by Shea Gerrard called Motorcycle Diaries. He, he uh-huh. read a bunch of books, but I don't know why I can... I didn't think of this, but uh, yeah, Motorcycle Diaries, because it's uh, you, if people have seen the film, the film is based pretty closely to the book, but obviously the book is more fleshed out. It's yeah. As far as like the trip itself that he's taking around South America with his friend and the the way it's the, the the part where he the leper colony is on the other side and he's working with the doctors and nobody wants to go help the leper colony on the other side because they have their lepers and how he actually swims across because he's like somebody has to help these people. It's just it, and it's true because he's a good guy, um, even though he, you know, whatever. But um, it's just <laughs> really he's. Gervaro was a smart guy, right? He was a doctor, basically. Yeah. Um, but he writes really well as well. Um, and just the, the way he chews the scenery of, of what he's doing in that, in that, uh, on that trip is great. <clears throat> I'm going to give you a bonus pick because I'm going to do the exact same thing you just did because you reminded me of another book. Uh, what was the book that you took off? The book I would have taken off, because uh, that was number three, right, would have been For Whom the Bell Tolls, which is Hemingway's basically autobiographical book about the Spanish Civil War. But um, it just it just makes Never me laugh every time. He, it's funny that every time he it mentions – It just makes me laugh. The anta- <laughs> oh, because the, it makes me laugh because the antagonistic the, – the, the, it's based around this guy named Robert Jordan, right? But never in the book does he just go Jordan or Robert. It's always literally robert jordan like every time like that's his name it should just have been one name robert jordan but uh, it's, i mean it's it, it's it's Who a little bit of heart of too. darkness kind of stuff you know because yeah. that's basically what it is but um yeah it's it's great and the fictional character went on to write the wheel of time series amazing um uh, oh, my, yeah. my number three is is that a, a journey album it is it is a journey yeah. album and speaking of journeys uh my number three is a graphic novel I'm trying to switch it up a little bit. Uh, Watchmen by Alan Moore wrote the, the, the book itself, and Dave, Dave Gibbons did the uh, artwork. And Gibbons, Watchmen, the guy from ZZ Top? Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Oh. The, the guy, but not the guy without the beard, because that was beard. That <laughs> was beard, that's right. <laughs> so strange. That's just, <laughs> speaking of vagaries of, anyway. Um, <clears throat> Watchmen, I'm, most people listening to us probably have seen either seen the film or saw the HBO series, which is it's just me. Great. So, yes, the answer is yes. Yeah, Watchmen, is a deconstruction of the superhero genre, which that's, 
yeah, it's like that's almost all you see in, in superhero movies now. There's like half of them are deconstructing it and like really getting into what would they be like if they were real people. But Watchmen was the first <laughs> one to do it, and it's it's absolutely brilliant. Should be watch people. It should be watch people. What is your number two, my friend? Number two for me would be actually number one and number two are probably legit one and two. So number two for me is Animal Farm yeah. by Orwell. It's just so funny. <laughs> it's a, it's oh. a laugh a minute. It's a laugh. I mean, a pig is named Snowball. I mean, hilarious. <laughs> I mean, Animal Farm is if for those people who yeah, me, yeah. is listening. I'm reminding myself of what the book is. Um, it's basically uh, uh, an allegory on uh, post Russian Revolution when it became not the communist revolution anymore, but more of like a dictatorship and how it came to be. Um, and the animals are people of the Russian Revolution post post Lenin's death. Um, yes. Russian Revolution. I, I thought that the pig's name was Putin. Um, <laughs> Probably is. My, Putin my pig. Number, <laughs> my number two, and again, these are not <laughs> these, these are not in any particular order, except for my number one. My number one is always my number one. Uh, number two, because you reminded me when you said his trip when you were talking about Guevara, Blue Highways. William Least Heat Moon, uh, autobiographical oh. journey of this young gentleman who decides to, uh, you know, the classic thing, oh, I'm going to go find myself. But it's it's a travelogue of him driving, following the blue highways. As you look on back, back, back when they had paper maps, the blue highways would be the, the state highways, not the interstates, but the state highways. And you would only in the more, Democratic states. That's true. And you would follow. So he travels cross country and it's about the people he meets and just how he grows and kind of and a lot of talk about his relationship with his father, uh, how he comes to think of it uh, during this trip. And he's not traveling with his father because his father ain't around anymore. Spoiler alert. But it's just a brilliant, brilliant piece of writing. And I totally forgot about that until you had mentioned the motorcycle diaries is like, oh, yeah. Uh, the one I took out was another nonfiction book, the Bill James Historical Baseball Abstract, which is my favorite baseball book because it's chock full of facts, but tons and tons of learned opinion. And Bill James basically, not single-handedly, but more than anybody read, else. Though, so it's since it's so abstract, it's almost like watching Kandinsky yeah. do a baseball book. You, you know what? It helps though if you turn it upside down and read it through like an aquarium. Totally. I hadn't thought about that. Sounds totally. for some reason that reminds me of uh, a fish called Wanda. Um, <laughs> if I were to do that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> number. <laughs> What's your number one? Ken. Uh, number one for me is <clears throat> always my. I, I know what your number one is. I believe too as yeah. well. But my number one is always the same, which is The Little Prince, yes. because it's just uh, some. I mean, it's the only book that I, I've read. Oh my gosh, I don't know. Lots and lots, but there's still yeah. one passage near the end when when the when the guy when the kid the the space guy is is leaving and he just writes about and it's almost it brings me to tears like literally every time, and then there's times there's a certain passage people need to read it I'm not going to give it away but it's just it's it's the way it's written is is perfect and it's so it's not very long but it's so in depth. It has so much layer of meaning of meaning that it's just it's just a perfect book. It's just the most perfect book I can I can think of. Always has been since I read it. Um, and it's just 
it's, it's like kid dies at the end. No, he doesn't. He doesn't die. But Mike, I, I, I did. I did see the uh, animated thing they made. What was how long has that been? Several years ago now. But it's like they made it up until a point where it's like, oh, okay. And then they changed it, and I was like, what is this? They made him into a teenager, and what's happening? I didn't understand that. There have been lots of animated versions, and yeah, I don't think they've they've gotten it yet. Um, my number one, which is always my number one, is like. Yours never changes, mine never changes. Is Watership Down, um, Richard Adams, and yes, it's a story about rabbits. Okay, whatever. Um, but it's so Wabbits. brilliantly characterized. Yes. Oh my God! If they made it with Bugs Bunny, that would be the best ever. Rabbit season. But uh, they <laughs> Netflix did a, I think a four-part series of it, and it's it's really good. And it hews a little closer to the book because it's longer, so they're able to put in more details. But the, the animated version that first came out is better because it captures more of the soul of the book. But there's no comparison. There's no replacement of just reading the book. And the same thing, there are certain key scenes. is like, man, I just like tear up just thinking about them because they're so profoundly beautiful. And and just like you were saying, I mean, in it, ostensibly, it's a children's book because – this grew out of a story that Richard Adams told his two daughters that they wanted to hear a story, so he made, started making up this story. And the story got longer and longer because they wanted to hear more about it, and they said, oh, Daddy, you should write this down. And eventually he did, and you know, one of the uh, classics of literature, like The Little Prince, uh, I don't know how many times I've bought this book, uh, seven, <laughs> eight times, so – and probably read each copy two or three times i've got it on kindle and i and yet i'll still buy a physical copy of the book uh and it's just i actually bought the little prince in in french which i can't read in german which at the time i could read pretty well um just because i wanted to like i kind of wanted to learn the languages which i failed to do actually gave the french language (laughs) book to someone who was going to paris um so i took it yeah but um but uh but yeah, so it was. Um, yeah, I did the same same thing. I bought the book in several different times in different languages just to kind of help me. If I'm going to read, a, uh, learn a different language, I want to read my favorite book in that language. So that's kind of why I yeah. why I did it. Very very cool. Well, uh, we'll revisit this topic in a few years. I'm sure we'll have four different books, and then we'll both and then have the same number, number one. one. Yeah, because right. that's I can't imagine. I, I hope I hope to one day come across a book is like oh my god that's my new favorite because how wonderful would that be to find a book better than this I I don't think it's gonna happen <laughs> but that would be pretty incredible yeah I mean uh, honestly in six or seven years our favorite book will be variations on a theme by Jalen Carter thanks for listening why are you the worst save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.